we do quite a lot of work with farmers who want to get properties on 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 their land um next generation coming mm-hmm. through workers uh farm workers and stuff um what what sort of uh what are the opportunities for the for the farmers that we work with yeah so if you're um if you're a farmer landowner and you're looking at your um property portfolio and thinking is there any of my land that that could achieve some development um What's what's really important is to understand the process for how that land could come forward for development. Because if you're looking at something far, far larger than just a single plot um, for a single dwelling. um, So if you're looking at a few hectares of land that you might want to try to develop and achieve development on, you might decide that actually the planning application route is not the best route to go down, but actually trying to get the land allocated for development through the council's local plan, or also um, if there's a neighbourhood plan that's being developed in your in your area. So again, it, it comes back to the point that we that we mentioned that it's all about thinking about a strategy early on. If you're if you're fortunate enough that your land is, you know, immediately adjoining a village or a town and it looks like it's a piece of land that is very well related to the existing settlement, then we would want to think about how we can promote that land to the council in order to achieve it, um, achieve it as an allocation. And what the council will do is they will identify pieces of land that they believe should be built on and then that's what's called an allocation. So it might be that that's the best route to go down rather than going in with a planning application. Um, and again, that's something that we regularly help landowner clients with in terms of in terms of looking at the opportunity. If you're going down the route of trying to get the land allocated, it can be a process that takes a number of years. But at the end of that process, it can be it can give you, you know, a significant reward in terms of the development potential for that land. So we would always, again, advise that you look carefully at the strategy for how you can promote your land through the planning process. So we've got a couple of angles there. Um, So we've got land that um, can um, go towards planning, um, you know, part of the uh, overall plan. and then if if I did want to just build a house on my land for a worker or something like that, mm-hmm. um, there's there's certain sort of tick boxes for that as well, right? Yeah. So again, if you're you know if you're if you're a farmer and you're looking for um, what's called a new agricultural workers dwelling, um, the rules for building a um, agricultural workers dwelling are slightly different to building just a house, um, just a general. Um, a general market house um, because what local authorities should be doing is making sure that there's sufficient houses for people that need to live and work in the countryside. Um, so again, if you've got a piece of land and you're thinking about um, building a house for an agricultural worker, um, then, you know, again, it's all about looking and making sure that 
it's the right piece of land because the council will still want to make sure that it's an appropriate site for the for the house to be built on so you can have something that's you know in in a rural location but they'll still want to make sure that there's certain certain criteria that are, that are followed the other um the other thing that has become very very common over the last sort of five or six years is um the government introduced a process where you can actually convert former agricultural buildings into dwellings. Um, previously, it was very difficult to do that, but they've introduced what's called Class Q permitted development rights. So if you have an old redundant farm building that is in a good condition structurally, um, then you can apply to um, your council for them to approve the basic principles of you converting that into a dwelling. And I've seen a number of clients that have actually managed to convert former agricultural buildings into quite stunning and spectacular dwellings in some beautiful locations. Is, would that be under new build or renovation? So that would be under the, the Class Q permitted development, which is essentially a conversion, a renovation of an existing building rather than actually a new build. So if you've got, you know, if you've got an old agricultural building that um, is not used, then there could be an opportunity to convert it into a house. That yeah, I was, I was, I was overhearing a conversation um, at an open day the other day, and uh, and the pro someone was going through with class Q, and they had that approved. To which they were then going back to then get that to sort of convert it to a a new build uh, yeah. planning application. Obviously, yeah. that's a long older. Slog, yeah, right? there's some quite there's 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 some quite clever ways of of um, if you convert an old, old agricultural building, once you've established the principle that that conversion is acceptable, you can then go back to your local authority and, for example, put extensions onto that building and apply for planning permission for extensions. Um, you can also apply for planning permission to demolish that building and then put back something that's larger as a new dwelling. So there's a, there's a, there's a number of ways that you can achieve that. It's not It's not a quick route. It can take a number of years um, and you have to make sure that you follow each step exactly the way that you have to. But again, if you've got the if you've got the patience and the perseverance, then that can be a really, really good way of achieving achieving a new dwelling in a location that previously might not have been acceptable. And the dwelling can't be completely no roof, no walls, you know, only it's just, you know, a bit of wind would have it over. It would have to be something that you could convert not quite easily, but, you know, in achievably yeah. without knocking it down. Yeah. If you had a, if you had an old tin shed that was really on its last legs and was, as you say, the, if <laughs> not, not, not too strong winds come along and it, it's going to fall over you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. But if you've got, for example, a really, really solid stone old farm building with, you know, with a really good structurally sound roof and slates on it, and it's just not used and needed for agricultural purposes anymore, you know, you've got a really good opportunity to do something. Yeah. We are doing more and more work uh, with landowners, um, as you described, um, with people who have the a perfect plot which is in within the village boundary um, and this is now sort of uh, we call custom build mm -hmm. so we're working with uh, landowners to gain them planning in the first place mm -hmm. we're often going down the uh, outline planning um, so for designs on 
uh, on the land. And that gives another opportunity for self-builders, doesn't it? Yeah. Is 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 buying a plot mm-hmm. um, that has already got pl- uh, planning uh, on it or outline planning. Yeah. Um, and then and then going back in to get mm-hmm. the, the actually the design they want. So yeah. it's not just that the the big challenge that you know of, of going to find this this unicorn of a plot that mm-hmm. you know uh, that what you might be able to get planning on. Yeah. Uh, have you got much experience with custom build? Yeah. So so custom build self build. Um, that's something that's relatively new in terms of the planning process. And it's something that the government, um, when they were reviewing planning guidance, probably five, six, seven years ago, they decided that they wanted to encourage more people to have the opportunity to build their own houses um, through the self-build custom build route. Now, I think I think one of the, one of the things that's really important for people to think about early on when they're going down this route, if this is what they want to go for, is unfortunately quite a lot of local authorities don't understand the process because they have never dealt with um, self-build, custom-build plots before. So we found that quite a number of local authorities, when you actually go and talk to them about these kind of projects, you're actually having to explain to them what they should be doing because they've never dealt with it before so i think i think it's something that 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 is really encouraged through the planning process at the government level but what we find is there's a bit of a disconnect in terms of how local authorities at the local level actually understand how this process works so it's something that you really do need some advice on very early and you really do need to understand what the local authorities' track record is like of dealing with these kind of type of sites. There's a few local authorities out there that are being very, very proactive with self-build, custom build, and they are actually identifying sites themselves and saying this is a site where, for example, we're going to have 100 plots made available for self-build, custom build, and they're being proactive. Other local authorities are very behind. So I think I think it's something that the government have wanted to see, which is great, but you have to be really careful that you're not dealing with a local authority that just doesn't understand the process. And that's where that's why you need some advice. And so from a landowner's perspective as well, then so there's massive opportunity for self-builders. And so from a landowner, it means that you can control the, the houses that might be around you in the future yeah. Yeah. and that you keep, you know, not the, that they're, they're nice properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the number that you're not just selling off to a developer and end up you know living in a housing estate. Yeah. Um, but it's also uh, a cost-effective way of 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 gaining value from the land because mm-hmm. once you've got the planning uh, in place, you're then selling off the plots. So you're not actually having to build the houses out. Um, you have to put the infrastructure in, which would be the roadways and and utilities. But it's quite a minimal cost to get the benefits of the of the return on 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 the, on the land. Yeah, that's right. It's a really it's a really innovative and and different way of doing things from you know a traditional sort of house building model that um, you know that a that a that a large house builder um, developer would do. And because of that, some local authorities like it because it is different and it is innovative and it's you know it is a way of people being able to build their own homes in a you know in a in in what should be an easier process um so yeah it's it's it can be really exciting um and you can you know you can 
achieve something really special if you go down that route but like i say there's 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 local authorities out there that that are behind the curve with it and it's you know it's up to us to to push push this agenda because it's it's you know it's a really good a good way for people to build their own homes and that's where anyone who thinks they might have an opportunity can come to us uh, and we can work with them uh, to explore that opportunity yeah. early on do desktop studies and guide them through that yeah so. exactly